The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters. Informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, where Rudolph Johnson III is the president and CEO, and Judith Winker is our board chair. Our mission is developing children, families, and future leaders of our community through empowerment, education, and wellness. And we hope that this episode and really every episode that you listen to through Leadership Matters offers some type of value added by provoking ideas for advancing emerging and current leaders in our communities. Today we're going to be talking about performance conversations and systems that inspire I love that word, inspire, that inspires accountability and success. And with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Chris McIntyre, who's an author, and we'll let him tell you about his book, and as well as he's also a consultant, a peak performance expert. So, Chris, welcome to Leadership Matters. Dr. White, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's absolutely my pleasure to have you. Before we kind of jump into today's conversation, I'm going to ask you just to share a little bit with us about your book and then also the man behind the book. And as you know, I find your um, journey, uh, that in and of itself is, I think, a wonderful story that's empowering uh, to hear. So I want to have you share a little bit about yourself and your journey. Sure. Thank you. Well, uh, so I actually live in San Diego, and but I'm originally from the Philadelphia area and a military guy, so I was in the military for a while, actually did the Army and the Air Force for four years and then got out, moved to San Diego about 10 years ago and uh, just to start a business around leadership development and motivational speaking and peak performance and ended up writing The Roadmap to Freedom. And the book was really an opportunity to just check in with with leaders out there and specifically around the business owner community. So one of the things we'll probably talk about is some of the differences around the concepts that are in the book for business owners versus the nonprofit government sector and so on. Um, But it was really just a tailorable blueprint to help organizational leaders to inspire a culture of accountability. So really just getting the right people to buy into the right vision for the right reason (laughs) at the end of the day. And I think that, yeah, that was probably inspired by my story, um, to to your point. Yeah, and so actually let's take a little moment to, to peel back and hear a little bit about your story. Sure, sure. 
So I'm, I'm from the Philadelphia area, and I got into a bunch of trouble in high school and never ended up finishing. And so I really needed the military to come and save the day for me. And I, I joined, um, I went to go join the Air Force, actually, and they wouldn't take me. And the, they basically said, dude, you got a, a GED, go talk to the Marine Corps or the Army guys. So uh, the next door was the, um, was the Air Force or the Army recruiter. And I, I walked in there and I said, hey, I, I, didn't, I never finished school. Will you guys take me? And they're like, yep, we'll take you. Uh, you're, you're our guy. And so pretty much that day I was on the bus and off and running. And um, the, really the Army cleaned me up, gave me some of that discipline I needed that I didn't have, and um, got out of the Army and was not intending on going back into the military at all, went to Penn State. But because I had the, the, the basically a GED, the Air Force or the Army wouldn't give me a whole lot of money for college. So while I was at school, I ran out of money, and that's when the Air Force came to get me. So the, the um, military branch that first wouldn't take me now says, ooh, you're going to be an officer, so come on in. So they basically paid for the rest of my school. I became an officer in the Air Force in an F-16 fighter wing, and um, that's when I started doing motivational speaking in youth prisons for kids that were just like me, that were on the wrong path, that were heading down the wrong road, and got a master's in HR management development while I was in. And through the speaking opportunities that I was doing, really realized that the military as a whole was just not where I belonged. And this whole idea of inspiring people and, and encouraging people to stretch for peak performance was what I just did naturally. I mean, it's the reason I got kicked out of school was being the class clown and never shutting up and running my mouth and doing all that stuff. But now it's, I've found a way to try to put it all to use for me. So got out of the Air Force and moved here and started with that. Wonderful. So, Chris, if you were to reflect back and just think about um, what the most significant factor or factors were that really made the biggest difference in having you to kind of redirect all that energy and kind of put your life in a uh, path that's now working for you. I mean, here, as a young man, you've um, already accomplished so much, and you've contributed to society as a military serviceman, as an, as an officer, now as an author, and as an international peak performance consultant. What do you think was the the most significant factors that really helped you to harness control of your energy so that you're directing them in a way that you're now creating such a legacy for, your, for yourself and those that come after you? I, 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 the first answer that comes to mind for me is probably my mom. I mean, this, you know, I'm just, I was raised by a very strong woman who was very, very patient and uh, loving with my ignorance and wildness. And so her not giving up on me, I think, was was something that inspired me. Um, And even before that, I mean, something in my life that's unique is I'm mixed racially. So my mom is white and my dad is black, but I've never met my father or any of the African-American half of my family. So for real, I'm the black sheep of the family. 
and my mom was 15, 16 years old when she was pregnant with me, and my grandparents were extraordinarily racist, and they basically gave her a choice. They said, you know, you can have him and leave, or you can abort. You know, abort. We want you to uh, not, not have this baby. And so she left. So a 15, 16-year-old girl out on her own with a little black baby back in, you know, when I was in the 70s. And uh, it, was, it was really hard on her. So the sacrifices she made to me have always meant something to me. It's always been something that I've wanted to give back both to her and to the other family members that I had um, that were there. It's in particular the females in my life. I mean, because my, most of my friends didn't know their, their fathers. So it was a lot of um, women for me. Uh, so my mom, my aunts, uh, and those, those are the folks that really were my community. So that first piece, I think, really helped me to just to want to give and to appreciate the sacrifices that people make in helping others to do their best stuff. So I'd say wow. that was probably one of the, the major pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just absolutely love that. And shout-outs to all the mothers that, um, that don't give up, don't give up on themselves, don't give up on their children, don't give up in facing so many obstacles. And then to all the people, I, um, what comes to mind for me is, you know, one of my absolute favorite um, quotes because I think that so much is wrapped up in our be- being able to keep on keeping on to um, always having hope and um, vision is a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King, and it was, we must accept finite disappointment, but never give up infinite hope. Mm. Yeah. And I think disappointments will come, and I think as individuals leading our own lives and certainly as um, leaders responsible not only for ourselves but for others, being able to always see what your mom saw in you with regards to your potential and being able to look beyond the circumstances to the possibilities and moving um, step-by-step toward those is just a phenomenal testimony. I think you are and your mom is to how um, perseverance and, and vision and patience and fortitude can certainly pay off. So... Again, hats off to you and hats off to mom. Well, thank you, and and yes, and uh, and yeah, I I really appreciate you saying those kind words. And yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I'm just very thankful that I've had a lot of love in my life. I mean, you know, and I don't want to dog the fathers out there either, by no means, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good men doing a lot of good things. I just say that in my life, I didn't have a lot of that, and the and and I don't feel like I've lacked either. I mean, you know, it's funny when people meet me or they ask about my story and they say, oh, wow, you never knew your dad or whatever it is. They'll ask me questions like, well, doesn't that bother you? How could you not know your dad? I mean, you know, so so they're more bothered by the fact that I don't know my dad than I am. Sincerely. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. not, it's not that I'm emotionally just blocking it off. I'm just saying that I had, I did not have a lack of love in my life. So... Yeah. I got all I needed in that yeah. in that regard. I mean, you you know, you see families out there that have the mom and the dad, and they really shouldn't have neither of them, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, they'd be better off without both of them. 
Mm-hmm. So, so, so I look at situations like that, and I think, no, I, you know, I'm not stuck on this whole you got to have a mom and a dad thing. Mm-hmm. I do see the value in that of two committed partners showing up and and raising a child, and I, you know, I I'm not aware of where I've lacked. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like the way things ended up, and, um, and I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very thankful for that. And right. I think that, that another thing that pops up for me is so I love that quote by Martin Luther King because in, in accepting that finite disappointment and not giving up hope, that general concept is something that I, I'd never even really realized it now until you've said that, is another thing that I would say that I've tried to leverage and help leaders to leverage when it comes to getting the best out of themselves and out of their people. And I, I have a, a program called What's Your Story, basically, and it's a, it's a keynote, but it's an interactive thing, and it's you know, 90, 60, 90, half-day sort of deal, where basically we, I'll get up and I'll share my story, and I'll share six or seven unique experiences that I've had. So as an example, I'm black sheep of the family. I, I joke about the black sheep where, you know, I didn't know that I you know, was raised in this household. Everybody was white. What that helped me to do was to communicate comfortably across cultures. So that finite challenge was something that ended up being a biggest strength of mine. And so now I can go and do goal setting seminars in a prison somewhere in Philly And I can be on Wall Street with a bunch of the world's sharpest banking minds and still add add value to that room. And so that ability to leverage cultural, understand cultural competency from experiencing racism from both the black side and the white side um, and, and understanding how to be comfortable in multiple places and to catch my own biases when they start to form. Um, that that's a strength, and so there's yeah. one unique thing. Absolutely. Another unique thing was the army, but what you know I what? I'm going to have you put a comma. Was, I'm going to put a comma right there, Chris, only because I need to take a break. But when we come back, I'm going to okay. hear the rest of your story, and then we'll move forward sure. with how all of this really connects to, um, I think, the title of your book, and also the conversation. I think you've already began to connect for us how all this then really relates to performance conversations and systems that really inspire and can move people forward. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about performance conversations and systems that inspire accountability and success. And with us today we have Chris McIntyre, who's the author and uh, peak performance um, expert. And Chris, you know what, as I say that, I know we've got to get to the title of your book. We still need to do there. But before we jump right in, back into, um, I say, before we leap to that, I want to actually step back to where we were before you went to break. And you were about to mention a little bit about your experience as it relates to the Army. Yeah, and I just, I mean, to pick that up, the, around the question of some of the most significant factors that just made a difference in shaping who I am and who I believe leaders are and can be, is the whole idea is to leverage your story. And, the, and in that, the question is, what unique experiences have you been through? What, what was the struggle of that unique experience, each one? What did you learn from that struggle, and how are you using that learning in your leadership style? And so, as the example of black sheep, the struggle was experiencing racism from both black and white folks. The learning was how to communicate effectively across cultures. How I use that in my business today is, is as a motivational speaker, is to be able to connect instantly regardless of if they're inmates somewhere or if they're Fortune 50 executives. So another life experience was the Army. And what was the struggle in that? Well, really, it was kind of like a coming, bouncing back from a rock bottom experience and having to be accountable for the first time in my life. I've never, never really had that. The key learning was to just shut up and do what you're told and to quit whining and to quit looking for an escape and to just charge the hill, so they say. The way I use that as a business owner is as I prospect for new leads or I'm working on sales or I'm up late working on a report and I got to put in extra effort and I'm tired, I dig into that internal fortitude that the Army helped me to develop. So I would kick that question out to all of your leaders out there as well. Watch your story. What five or six or seven key events have you experienced in your life? What was the struggle in the event? What exactly did you learn, and how does it influence your leadership style today? Because it does, 
right? I mm-hmm. mean, I think that that's, that's everybody's unique value proposition. Right. The, the, mm-hmm. the one thing that you've been through that no one else on the planet will ever be through is your specific story. So right. how are no. you le- leveraging that is what I'd ask. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that that's a, a powerful lens to which we can actually um, begin to understand and move forward ourselves in a way that is um, uniquely uh, kind of like related to our calling and mission, and I like to say legacy in life. Um, Chris, let's talk a little bit about your book. You want to share the title of your book and maybe um, any core thoughts with regards to if you were to summarize what this guide is about, what might that be? And then we'll kind of dive into why I thought it was a wonderful topic to share with our listening audience. Sure. So the, the book is called The Roadmap to Freedom, A Small Business Owner's Guide to Connecting People to a Core Message is the, the, the subtitle. And the big idea really is just to help leaders get the, their big ideas out of their head and into the minds and hearts of their people. I mean, how do you, how do you get a team to, how do you inspire a team to be accountable? How do you inspire a team to want to be held accountable? So it's all about getting the right players on board, clarifying the values and the culture that is right for you, and connecting those two things to clear goals and clear conversations around where you're going, and where you're at. Mm-hmm. A snapshot of it. Great. And I know one of the things that I noted that really kind of caught my eye as we talk about your, your book and your messaging is that you kind of use the term inspiring accountability. And so as you talk about encou- inspiring accountability, I know very often when we think about accountability, um, it's coupled with more forceful terms. So was it deliberate for you to kind of think about messaging how you go about having the conversations around accountability using the verb inspiring versus, you know, managing or something else? Expecting, demanding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. At the end of the day, I mean, and it's subtle, and I don't even know what the official definition of inspire versus motivation is, but I believe that inspiration is, it's an inside job. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't do that for me, right? I, I choose to light the flame. You can motivate me to do it and motivate me to fan it or fa- help me to fan it through motivation. So I, I would distinguish between inspiration and motivation. Inspiration is really lighting the flame in the first place, and motivation is fanning it, right? Yeah, yeah you so, know, and it's interesting. I've heard different, um, different people talk about that, and they will say pretty much what you just said, that inspiration, is, we can inspire someone, um, but, the, so, but motivation kind of comes from within. And so um, if someone's going to be moved to action, um, we can we can give the inspiration, but the motivation really has to connect within their own being. Yeah, and so I mean, if you take that general concept, and, I, and sometimes you'll hear people say motivation's the inner thing. Or sometimes you'll, you'll hear pe- people say inspiration's the inner thing. Whatever 
term you want to throw on the thing. The point is that you can inc- you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? So right. It's that that idea of light inspiring people to want to light the flame in themselves, and then once they've done that, to do what you can to keep that thing lit. And in terms of inspiring accountability, I just when people say accountability, leaders in particular, when leaders when I hear leaders speak about uh, accountability, yeah, typically they're coming from that, how do I get my people to, you know, I expect them to do this and just do it, right? So it's more like the forceful, they're not doing what I'm telling them to do and they need to be more accountable to do it. And so that general idea is something that I will, I'll kind of bump up against and untangle a bit in the minds of the of leaders and the people they, they hope that they're inspiring. Uh, just Just around being the thing that people want to be like, right? So, I mean, starting with that and, and you being the, the, the person that they can go to and, and basically the motivation for them to want to light their own flame. Are you that motivation for them? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I t- yeah, so I think in terms of inspiring a culture of accountability, there are systems that you can put in place that will force you to have conversations about the right, Things, regardless of how you label them, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 just a conversation about where are we empowered, where are we going, how can I help develop you along the way, and do you feel good about the bigger picture thing that you're moving forward here? Do you feel connected? Is what you're right. doing? Do you see yeah, how so what you're doing is connected to the bigger picture? Go yeah. So let's stop back, or just step back, because I think you're where. Um, I think it's a good space for you to be. But so if a person is going to intentionally think about how might I engage my team, um, if they're going to actually be thinking about how might I um, get them into a, a situation they, where they might uh, be part of developing a system of accountability, what might that look like? What might a person do to simply engage team members in this process? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. The first thing that I'd ask you is, on a scale of 1 to 10, I like just playing with continuums. So regardless mm-hmm. of the language we're using, we're still talking 6 energy, 3 energy, 10 energy, 1 energy, however you want to frame that. Uh, and I would ask them right off the bat on a scale of 1 to 10, how accountable is your team? And take, let's just take that definition and let's work with that and talk about why you say it, it is what it is, what's not in place, and what is in place. So let's get a nice rounded feel for what you're calling accountability, some of the things that you're pointing to that, that will show a lack or a, an abundance of. So that, I mean, just that first thing, I'd get clear about what accountability means to the leader. But then also, I mean, really, there's a couple different things. Number one, do you feel like your people are aligned with the bigger picture mission of the organization? Or so let me, do they just feel me, like they're uh, coming? So before go you go there, I hate go to keep it. interrupting you, but before yeah. you go there, you ask a good question, and that is yeah. accountability. Um, are they thinking right about what accountability is? So what in your mind is accountability? When you're saying accountability, what does that mean? I would call accountability a a willingness to do what's right when no one's looking. 
And, you know, I mean, I, and I, so, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it is so funny, too, because, uh, you know, sometimes people will say, well, how would I know if my people are accountability or what's it look like? And I just ask really simple questions like, are the bathrooms clean? Right. And, and by that, I mean, if someone walks into the bathroom, something so simple, and I'm not talking about the way they're showing up with their job. I'm just saying simple little things that people can ignore, like, like paper on the bathroom floor, like an overflowing trash can, like, you know, like parking in the very front parking spaces when you know that your customers are going to need those spaces a little bit later in the day. So simple little telltale signs may communicate a willingness to be accountable for the mission of the organization as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. So how aligned are people? Do you know your people? Do you feel like they're empowered? So, or do you, do you, you know what? Like they're empowered. Good. Yep. So I have this thought, and maybe some of our listeners might have this thought. So how you frame accountability, I would frame integrity. So, mm-hmm. um, so which is interesting because I think it's moving with integrity, and I think accountability is a is a big part of that. Um, so I just wanted to kind of voice that, and I don't know if we have listeners out there who may have the same thought. You can feel free to call in or send us a um, an email. But I think that that is a great way of, um, if someone has a sense of understanding as to what it is we're wanting them to do and just having them connect to what's my role in that and then how do I move about with integrity to get it done is um, certainly, uh, you know, I think something to ponder and connect to. So I know that you're talking about how the mission and the vision um, connects with this process, and I'm going to let you do that. We unfortunately need to take another quick break. So um, when we get back, I'm going to actually ask you to really talk more about this system of accountability, and then what's the magic for really getting team members to own that accountability process? So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. 
With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association, where our mission really encompasses what our conversation is about today with regards to really growing leaders in our community. So our mission is developing children, families, and future leaders of our community through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hope that this episode and every episode really provides um, added value and some thought-provoking ideals that really advances emerging and current leaders in our community. Today we're talking about performance conversations and systems that inspire accountability and success. And with us today we have Chris McIntyre, the author of The Roadmap to Freedom and a pink, peak performance expert. And so, um, Chris, I know before we went to break, you were talking a little bit about, bit about accountability, and it was interesting for me just to kind of hear your definition of accountability. And I know over the break we talked a little bit about, hmm, the traditional OD hat, um, one might say, um, term with regards to accountability. So want to uh, probably pause and even have that conversation. So I, I think... Um, your definition of accountability, you want to say that again, and then I'm going to kind of... Yeah. Sure. So the definition that, that I gave is, is basically doing what's right when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. And that, you mentioned that that was the, the great, a great definition that people will lean on for integrity, right? Yeah, exactly. And when I thought of accountability from one might say a conventional OD hat, Accountability is built into a system when there's some consequences. So an important part of, of establishing most performance management systems is that you kind of have um, clear, a clear expectation as to what it is you're expecting. You have some way for monitoring whether or not the person has accomplished it. And then there's some consequences. If they're on track, it's like, great job. If they're not on track, then you have that conversation to kind of start with how do you support them in getting on track. And... Probably um, that conventional definition of accountability really looks at an external locus of control where you have the supervisor, the leader, the monitor, the manager, you know, really being the one that brings accountability into the system, whereas your conversation actually comes from an internal control uh, with regards to the individual themselves kind of owning one might say, the consequences in their own integrity. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that actually, it's funny. I'm glad that you brought that up because that 
definition as I'm listening to it now. Um, my mindset was thinking about the business owner who's trying to get other individuals to think like owners, right? Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. they may not necessarily have performance appraisal systems and they just want everybody to do what's right. So that is a perfect example of how you've got two educated people talking about a word that we both believe in that mm -hmm. we could be completely missing each other, at least in terms of, of a shared definition. Mm -hmm. And so that, mm -hmm. that first step is critical, regardless mm -hmm. of, of, of what the definitions are, is to ask yourself, the leader, what is your definition of accountability? And then go ask your people the same thing and listen for the gaps that we just experienced mm -hmm. and then say, mm -hmm. okay, as a team, as we move forward, what what agreed definition of accountability are we going to choose to hold on to? And mm -hmm. that answer is the right one for you and your team. Right. Now, what's interesting is I'm, um, again, hearing this conversation and then kind of knowing a little bit about the piece that you've put together with regards to this fabulous Roadmap to Freedom book that you um, have authored here is um, you talk a lot about ownership. And so if I am a manager, and I know from your perspective as this being this roadmap for small business owners and that business owner needing to be able to get out there and do other things and they can't just be doing everything themselves, I think most managers um, and supervisors feel that way. I mean, the reasons we have supervisors and managers is that that individual has to rely on others to accomplish what it is they need to accomplish if they're doing it all themselves they're going to get burnt out and they're not going to be able to accomplish what all needs to be accomplished. So I think the um, methodology and the uh, mentality of ownership still kind of um, fits in any business sector where we do want individuals, you know, those individuals who really own their success and who own their contributions and who own that they can accomplish and are self-starters will probably be your high performers within organizations because they're allowing the uh, managers to be able to do other things. So that telltale sign of team ownership, that telltale sign I'm hearing, is that really that sense of integrity. So I think as you're using accountability in your framework, it's powerful as a telltale sign for ownership. What are your thoughts? I agree completely. And I, you know, I like the idea of inspiring people to think like owners. And really, the the idea of the book was to give leaders a framework to run into what I call gray space, mm -hmm. like like the one that we just found. What mm -hmm. what is even the definition that we're talking about? <laughs> and mm -hmm. and and now that we've agreed to that, what does it look like done well? Yeah, and what does let's it talk look about like? That. Right, sure, sure. Yeah, let's, let's go right into yeah. the framework. I'm, I'm pushing you, too, because I mm -hmm. want our um, listeners to get some more pearls of wisdom yeah, in your framework. Let's talk a bit about sure. your framework. What does that look like? Sure. Well, it's, 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 two, it's, it's three basic things. Number one, clarifying clear goals, right? And by goals, I'm talking about something that can actually be measured and checked off as done. Taxes is not a goal. That's a problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, but file my taxes by September or my quarterly taxes by September 1st, 
that's a clear objective, right? That's something clear that can be finished and done. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for leaders to clarify what the goals are of the organization and clarify the short-term deliverables that people are connected to outside of just doing their their job. Now, depending on who you've got and what the role is, if they come in and they put stamps on paper or they check for errors or they do whatever they do, then the error rate is something that they can try to chase in terms of a short-term deliverable. But try to think of short-term things that you can get your people to say, you know what, I'm going to stretch myself in this way. I'm going to stretch myself in that way. And I'll know it was successful when this clear thing happens. So I actually distinguish between goals as one-year deliverables for the organization and objectives as 90-day deliverables. So within the next 90 days, these specific things will be done with clear measures. Mm -hmm. I like that distinction with regards to uh, breaking down those goals into 90 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as far as making exactly. objectives, 90-day objectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't hold on to the nomenclature of it. So I've seen people say, well, our goals are the short-term things and the bigger picture objectives are the long-term things. Just like we were having a good conversation about, well, where, where's integrity end and accountability begin or what's the difference and how do they mesh? That's, that's the value of the conversation. So getting into those places where there's confusion, is, mm-hmm. is where the win can be had for mm-hmm. goal setting and objective setting. So that's, that's okay. part one, clear goals, short-term objectives. Part two is exactly what we were just bumping into. Let's take these vague but very meaningful, quote, soft skill words like integrity and consequences and accountability and trust and passion and dedication. Let's take these words that we call, that we value and let's actually run them. Mm-hmm. So, A, how do, we def- how do we define them? What does it look like when it's done well? What does it look like when it's overdone? What's it look like when it's underdone? And just walking through that activity with your teams can help you to hear what they're thinking about certain things, and you never know where you're going to run into gaps in their understanding of what you thought everybody just knew. So values, right. you said you want to define the values, and what was the other thing? And clear, yeah, so, so, what did you say? Right. So the whole thing is really based on, on a performance appraisal form, but if you don't do performance appraisals, think of this as strategic planning. Section one of the performance appraisal form is clear goals that can be checked off as done and short-term 90-day objectives that I can commit to, I can contribute to. Have the conversation with me about that 90-day conversation and let me decide where we're going to go or where I'm going to challenge myself to go this quarter and back me up or let me know where we got to shift a little bit. So empower me with clear goals and objectives is part one. Part two is define the culture around here. So get yourself a list of, and all this stuff's in the book too, so people can grab that and, and look, at, look at a list of a whole bunch of soft skills, but wherever you want to grab them, just Google them, a list of, of soft skills, and you'll see all these values. Cherry pick the ones that mean the most to you. Go through an activity where you have all of your people bring in their top ten, and then you whittle it down to five, then three, then put all the three up on a board and decide which three you're going to hold on to this year or next year or for the organization, depending on what your role is, and then define them with ten words or less. 
how would we define accountability? All right, we're going to call accountability having everyone, I, I think like an owner is what we mean by accountability. Great. How are we going to define integrity? Doing what's right when no one's looking. Great. Whatever it is, let's agree to how we're going to choose to define this soft skill and then define what that skill looks like done well. So give us some examples of the last time someone's done it. When was the last time I saw Dr. White living accountability? Well, it was when she was talking to me about the, the radio program and, and promised that she might be able to make a spot for me someday, and here we are. So there's a perfect example of that. So following through on what you said you'd do. So mm-hmm. clarify the thing, what's it look like overused, underused, and just right. Just okay, so we're going to actually have to take a, another break. Okay. And in sure. um, doing so, Chris, when we come back, we will talk about that third step because I think I heard you say that there were three. Yeah. And yeah. and really look at what does that performance conversation sound like as well at that 90-day point. Um, and I want to underscore values just um, with regards to, again, I'm wrapping my brain around um, the values meaning what's most important and how we're going to behave as we go about accomplishing those goals and therefore creating the culture. So um, just uh, another piece to kind of polish off and continue to have the conversation and thread it through to that next piece that we'll look forward to your sharing with us after the break. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters. Informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264 or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, 
please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today, we're talking about performance compensations and systems that inspire accountability and success. And Chris, I know you're about to give us the third part in this process, and I'm just going to have you jump right in. Sure. Yeah, so first part of the process, clear goals. Second part, clear values. Third part, just a consistent conversation around how we're doing, living the values, and achieving the goals. And, I mean, I know a lot of people do a performance appraisal and the annual performance appraisal thing. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the annual appraisal, especially if all they're really done is collected at the end of the year and it's just a box-checking ceremony. Um, so what's your preference? The, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's that? So what is your preference? Yeah, I, you well, you're I, not a fan I like of the, the 90-day model better. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I really like is ongoing dialogue about mm-hmm. clear goals and living the values. So I've seen organizations from nonprofits to corporate n- not do performance appraisals and put all their effort in, and energy into just consistent conversations around how we're doing, where we're doing, how we play the game, how can we empower you. So up to you, but the question I'd ask you is, are you having consistent ongoing dialogue with your team? Okay. Um, one general model that works really well is just a 90-day conversation model where basically you reset 90-day objectives every quarter. So if we start at the beginning of the year in Q1, we're going to set these objectives and we'll check back in end of March and then reset till June and then reset till September. And in between those three months, maybe a once-a-month check-in. So let's do a face-to-face minimum. face-to-face on your goals and on living the values, how you doing with those things, is there anything I as your leader can help you to do, and again at the 60-day point and then at the 90-day point, really just check in or maybe reset. So Chris, um, let's let's say I'm the manager and I'm going to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Are there any um, typical questions that I might ask that could set the tone or give me some type of process for having a constructive conversation? Yeah. The first thing I'd say is grab a hold of of the goals if you've got them, right? Does your organization have goals that people are actually trying to chip away at or current processes that they get? And ask them to come into your meeting with some ideas around the next 90 days and what they would suggest they could do to contribute to the goals. So don't guide them. Just give them the bigger picture and then say, come in, be ready to go. I want to hear what you have to say. Give me your, you know, five to ten objectives for the quarter. Let's hear what you're thinking about. And you do the same thing for them as the leader, right? So give them what you think they know and their roles. What five or ten 90-day objectives do you think they could contribute to? And then have a conversation around the gaps. Are you guys saying the same things? Are they saying one thing, you're saying something else? That would communicate to you that they're not clear on the direction or they're not owning their, their piece of it, and that gets us back to the accountability conversation. So first, mm-hmm. have them come in with some ideas and check in on the gaps. Get clear on the gaps, agree on what you're going to have this person commit to for the next 90 days, and let them know these are your objectives for the next 90 days. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. no, if we need to change them and ship, come let me know, but don't tell me 90 days from now that you didn't get it because. I need to hear that at these check-in mm-hmm. points. So how does a manager so, go about setting the tone for that? It, so that it feels like this is a inspirational conversation and not a... Um, you know that I yeah, you know, like, how like a mandating. It, here's your objective. Yeah, I mean, what what sets the it. tone for this conversation to be inspiring? Yeah. Well, I would say the very first thing that I'd mentioned, ha- giving them the opportunity to say where they'll go this quarter is a huge opportunity because okay. that's, that's empowering them to say where they're going to go. That's first. Mm-hmm. The second thing is in terms of the feedback that you ask them specifically, right? Once you have some clear objectives in mind, how about asking them very specifically, my three favorite words for leaders trying to receive feedback, what can I start doing to help you achieve those specific objectives within the next 90 days? What can I stop doing to help you achieve those specific objectives in the next 90 days? And what can I continue to do that's helping you to achieve those objectives in the next 90 days? Okay, now that I love. I want to to pause there because I I love that. Um, So they come in with a list of of 90-day objectives, and and you have a conversation to kind of get to what their goals are going to be. Um, right. And I love the alignment. I don't know that I would want to have a list and they have a list and then I nail them on their list not being like my list. But I, can <laughs> but mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. that, the, you know, they, they have a list and then I have a conversation that where we achieve some alignment and then, right. and then the next step in that process being, so what can I start, stop, or continuing doing to yes. support you in achieving those objectives. I think that that's powerful and a great shift um, to start the yes. conversation and then to move into where do you go after that. So now you have alignment, you have the leader offering support with regards to what they can start, stop, and continue, and then what's the next piece if I'm just having a process that helps me move through um, an inspirational conversation. Yeah. So the next piece would be the 30-day check-in. That's the next formal piece. That could be a 15-minute thing. That could be a 30-minute thing. It could be a five-minute thing. It could be an hour thing. Whatever you can squeeze into that thing, just make the time for it. Pull out those clear objectives. Pull out the things you said you'd start, stop, continue. Ask them how you're doing on the things that you said you'd start, stop, continue. So first seek their feedback and have them give you a little mini report card on the things you already said you'd do. Right? So mm-hmm. now you've got your a sense of how they're feeling about what you've done. And now it's your turn to give them some feedback. And instead of start, stop, continue, I would encourage you to soften that language just a touch and, but still give the same feedback. So maybe instead of start, stop, continue, you ask them for a little bit more of behavior X or a little bit less of output Y or uh, just, I really like the way you're doing this. You're asking for the same things as start, stop, continue there, but you're softening the language so that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you're hitting them with a hammer. You're not okay. nailing them, right, to, to okay. your point. Great. Right? And that, so that aligns then, them. Yeah. Right. So now I have the um, alignment. I have the manager saying, you know, what can I start, stop, continue to support you, and now I create space where I can actually say to my direct report or whoever I'm working with, you know, what I want them to continue to do what I might want to see a little more of or what I might want to see less of in order to move to that next level of effectiveness. I love the tone of that. I think that's great. And then I schedule a check-in or make sure I have a check-in 
to make sure we're on track. Am I, am I in the zone? You're right on target. Yeah. yeah. And, and in between those 30-day conversations, I would encourage you to pull out an old-fashioned 3x5 or 8 you know, five by eight card and just jot down some thoughts anytime they strike you about your direct and how they're doing Mm -hmm. and feedback you may want to give them. So don't wait until those one-on-ones to think. As Mm -hmm. the thought comes, pull out a manila folder with your employee's name on it, capture, Mm -hmm. handwrite that thought or two that you might want to talk about at the one-on-one, drop it right into their folder, file that thing away, or do it digitally. Create a digital folder with their name on it so you can track some of their emails and some coaching opportunities, but get it as it comes up. Wow, so it sounds like we're actually coming toward the end of our segment. Chris, I want to give you an opportunity just to maybe give some contact information to our listening audience. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. And if anybody wants to reach out, they can uh, check out my website at www.roadmaptofreedom. So R-O-A-D-M-A-P-T-O-F-R-E-E-D-O-M dot com. And my email is chris at roadmaptofreedom. Great. Again, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to our listening audience. Please tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters. Informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Thank you.